The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. It's good to have every one of you here tonight, Tina and uh, my dear friend Terry. Amen. Tonight, I want to uh, go into the scripture. I really believe that the content of this message is probably, in my mind, the greatest message I will ever preach. I just pray that God gives me the grace uh, to share this with you. And I pray that God will help you understand it. Because this is what Christianity is all about. And how we operate in, in life. This is very important. I know you're wondering what, what is this important. What is this that is that important. And I titled it basically how important is faith. How important is faith. Let me read from Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. I think the greatest trouble we as Christians have, we hear a lot, we get information from the Word of God, we receive truth from the Word of God, but most of the time we just say, well, I heard it, it was good, it was a good message, but we do nothing about it. Not even an attempt to see how this works. If God will do what he said he will do. And so we don't get to discover everything that God's trying to give to us or show to us. Many of us have not even attempted anything the supernatural that God has shown us in his word. And so we don't really understand how things work in the kingdom of God. You know, the last time I preached a message I titled it The Process. And this is part of the process. And this is one of the greatest part of the, pro- the process right here. He says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Think about it. Totally impossible to please him. Even if you are doing good, totally impossible to please him. No matter what you do. Impossible means impossible. You need faith to please him. That's how important faith is. You can do everything right. But if there is no faith, you haven't pleased God. And if you haven't pleased God, you cannot move him. You can cry, you can beg, you can scream. If there is no faith, he's not pleased. And he's not going to do anything about it. You know, I heard somebody say to me, you preach about faith. Tell us something different. No, everything we say from this word is the word of faith. That's what the word of God is called. The word of faith. Faith is very important in our faith. Christianity. Faith. Not just faith in your mind. Not just faith in your heart. Faith that is seen is very important to God. It makes it very clear for without faith, 
it is impossible, totally impossible to make God happy. He's not pleased no matter what you do. Give all the money you want to give. Do whatever you want to do. If there is no faith, he's not pleased. And we were created to please him. We have to please him. It's impossible. The word, think about it. It is impossible to please God without faith. You have to have faith. So if, if we have to have faith, if faith is this important, I need to know all the elements of faith. I need to know how it works. I need the fundamentals of faith so I can please him. Because I was created to please him. And if I please him, things will be well with me in the kingdom of God. Faith is the only thing that governs what happens in the kingdom of God. If anything is done in the kingdom of God, it has to be through faith. Because God cannot do anything except there is faith. You read it in the scriptures, Oh, ye of little faith, where is your faith? Jesus says, basically, nothing moves without faith. It's a sad thing to hear a Christian say, I don't want to share this word of faith. You don't understand. I mean, you are totally without understanding. That's why Jesus said you are in error, grave error, because you don't know the truth. You don't know the truth, the word of God, and you don't know the power of God. So this is very important. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Then he tells you, because, because he who comes to God, I mean, you're coming to God. They're coming to him, wanting different ways to make him happy, to get him to do something. He who comes to God, what wants to do what? Must. No, no, you can't. there's no way about it. You must. You must believe. That's faith. If you're coming to God, you must believe. Because if you don't believe, you're not going to have his audience. He's not, he's not going to pay attention to what you're doing. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And so if you're coming, you must believe. It's a must. Believe that he is. Basically, this is God. And if I got God, everything is going to be all right. Believe who he is. He can take care of you. Believe that he is, and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not just seek him, but diligently seek him. I mean, if you just think, I'm going to go try, you're wasting your time. Just don't try. It's better not to waste your time. Well, I'm going to go to church and try. Maybe pastor will lay his hands on me and I'm going to be healed. Well, don't go because nothing's going to happen. You don't try. You got to come with faith. Must believe that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is only pleased by faith. Nothing is done on earth in the kingdom of God. You know that kingdom come, this is the earth, the kingdom is not here. You pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. And we are living in the kingdom of God. And if anything is got to be done in the kingdom of God, it requires faith. No faith, nothing's going to be done. Uh, you can feel all you want to feel. I see, feel the Christians. I feel, I feel, I feel. Well, feeling has nothing to do with this. You got to believe. You know why it's important? Because the scripture says anything that you do without faith is sin. 
anything you do without faith, God considers his sin. <laughs> That's why I said the importance of faith. And I'm going to share the scripture with you. If you're acting, you're crying to God, and there is unbelief in your heart, guess what? You're asking him to do something while you're sinning. And that's not going to happen. That's where you must come to God with faith. You could have doubts in your head because you've never been there. But tell God to help your unbelief. Because if you don't have that faith, nothing's going to happen. We've tried every way to make God do things for us. Feel sorry for us. I've been crying to you. And sometimes we fast. Thinking the fast is going to bribe him. But he didn't say without fasting it's impossible to please God, right? So, yeah, you fast. You just had, you went on hunger strike. But God's not going to pay attention. There is only one thing that can move God. You know why this is? It's a principle. God cannot go outside the principle just because of you and go against the law, spiritual law of the universe, because he wants to feel sorry for you, he's not going to work. That's why you can have an elder in the church, and then you have somebody who comes from the street. I heard this when I was in Georgia. A good man, he loves God, but then they pray for him, he's sick. Nothing happens. That guy comes from the street, and he says, if God will forgive me, I believe he'll heal me. And he gets healed, and church members are mad. Why would God heal this Crazy stranger, a sinner, and he's not healing, healing the elder. Well, God doesn't pay attention to how long you have been in church. He only pays attention to his word, faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. So I have to know how faith works so that I can obtain the faith and operate the faith. Because that's the only thing that pleases God. Even of Abraham, God says that's what pleased him about Abraham. Faith. Faith. Romans 14, verse 23 says, But he who does, is condemned if he eats. Think about it. You're eating and doubting, and you're condemned by eating. What's wrong with eating? It tells you why you're condemned. Because he does not eat from faith. Can you imagine eating food and getting condemned for eating? Then God made us. He created us so we can eat, right? They ate. I don't want to go into the history of this. But if you don't eat from faith, you're condemned. And it tells you the reason. Every time you see the word for... There is a reason why it is there. It's for something that is there. For or because, I always change that word for, I turn it into because, for me. Because, he says, whatever is not of faith is what? Sin. You eat, if it's not of faith, you're sinning. According to the scripture. You're expressing your doubt and how you feel, but you're sinning against God because you're not acting out of faith. We are called to walk the walk of faith, right? To live by faith. That's the only thing that pleases God. Because faith 
is a law. Just like gravity. The law of gravity. Faith is a law. And this is what the scripture says. Romans 3 verse 27. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. And it says, by what law? So we think, boasting, by what law? Of works? No, not of works. No, but by the law of faith. And because it's a spiritual law, there is also a spirit within, with, with, that, with that law as well. Because the law of faith goes with the spirit of faith. And we'll come into that. The law of faith, because it's a principle, there is a spirit behind it. The law of faith goes with the spirit of faith. Then there is another law that is not of faith that has the spirit of fear on the other side. And we'll come into that. The spirit behind this, all of these laws. So where is boasting? Faith is a law. It's a principle. It's a spiritual law. God cannot go against this spiritual law. God doesn't, will not go against this spiritual law. Faith is a law. The law of faith. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 and 2 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The word Christ means the anointed one. Okay? Christ Jesus, the anointed one, Jesus. If you are in the anointed one, that's Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Then he tells you why. He tells you why. For the law, there is a law. This is the law of faith. For the law of the Spirit of life. Now, notice, the law of faith is also the law of the Spirit of life. So when you are not operating out of the law of the Spirit of life, guess all's coming to you? Death. When you operate in fear, guess what you are attracting? Death. Because these two laws are opposite each other. It's like going to the north and going to the south. They operate exactly the same. But in opposite directions. One takes you to light. The other one takes you to darkness. You know what happens when you are afraid? You are in the dark. Right? You feel everything dark. You feel the depression. You feel the torment. When you are operating in the law of fear, you are in a different world and God's not in there with you. You got to pull yourself because God made it clear. God has not given us what? The spirit of bondage again to fear. Romans 8.15 When you are afraid, you are in bondage. No freedom. So Satan tempts us with fear. 
things that happen to us, they come at you and he wants you to be afraid. And once you give in to that fear, I mean, I mean, he'll orchestrate all kinds of things. Bring things and people saying things around you. <laughs> I mean, even Pastor Kinder, when he had that uh, stuff on his head, you know, I mean, you'll remember that. Those who were there, he had that stuff. Everywhere he went, people started talking about death around him. He said, whoa, what's going on? I still want to live, you know? I mean, they say it in his presence. And before you know, if you take it, he, he was stubborn. He refused to fear. But once you fear, you are operating in the opposite direction and you're going to get death. So there is faith. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, according to the Spirit, which has no fear, right? That's the spirit of faith. We're coming to that. According to the spirit, you are walking, what? According to the law of faith, right? According to the law of faith. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life, that's the law of faith. It's the same law. Has made me free from what? Another law. The law of sin and death. So you got two opposing laws. But when you are born again, you have been translated from the law of sin and death. Now you have been brought into the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. But for most of us, we still want to operate in this new kingdom with the laws of sin and death. He can't work. And God's not pleased. Colossians says we have been translated, right? From the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And this kingdom operates with principles. The law of faith is what operates this new kingdom. But as long as we keep holding on to the, the, the law of sin and death, we cannot act really operate in the law of the kingdom of God. Lot's wife looked back. Remember that? She became a pillar of salt. We keep looking back and experiencing the things of the past. And we don't experience the things of the new kingdom in which God has given to us. And we wonder, it's you and I, we're in the same thing. And I've got to fight out of this. Amen. I've got to fight out of this. Because we are operating in a new law. And we walk by faith and not by sight. It's not what I see. As long as people, people keep saying those things and you hear them and you keep believing them and you keep repeating them, we come into that. That's all you got. You are in the kingdom of God but operating as if you are in the other kingdom. And you expect it to work. And when it doesn't work, you cry to bribe God and it still doesn't work. So you fast. It still doesn't work. Because if you come to God, you must come by faith. You know, it teaches us a lesson when you see Jesus sitting with this man that brought his son, right? He was looking for what? He was looking for faith. He was looking for faith. That was all. It wasn't that he couldn't cast out the demon, but he was looking for faith. And when the man said, if you can do anything, Jesus, back to him, if you can believe all things are possible, well, the guy said, I believe. 
<laughs> it's important. That's one of the key principles. We're coming to that. Notice what Jesus wanted him to do. Say it. Say it. The faith was in him already, right? And he was struggling with that. Jesus didn't know that. Yeah, he knew that. But he had to what? Say it. He made him say it. You got to say it. We're coming to that. You got to say it. That's one thing that's defeating us. The same part of it, that's what's killing us. Because we will not say it. We will not say it. So we got to learn the principle of the law of faith and find out the fundamentals of the law of faith, how it works, so that we can start, we can begin to learn. You know, a child doesn't begin to run all of a sudden. We got to start, you know, one step at a time. And after all, after, after a while, we begin to really run. If you want to run a marathon, you got to start, start somewhere, right? And start practicing. Before long, you can run for miles. But we want to start running, you know, 26 miles the very first day. Well, we know you're not going to survive it. You got to start somewhere. And it's never too late to start with God. It's never too late to start with God. You got to start somewhere. You see, so there are some elements of faith. First of all, we need to understand how you get faith. So if I know how you get faith and how that faith is so important to God, why don't we, why don't we spend so much time trying to find out, how, trying to do, I mean, doing the things that will give to us more faith? Because you can't really excel in the kingdom without faith. Why don't we do? That's why Galatians tells us, I believe Galatians chapter 5, it says, you know, the spirit is against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit. You really cannot do what you want to. But if we know these things. Faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. All of these Christians, I mean, they, they want to grow. They want to know God. They want to draw closer to God. They want to do great things for God. But they don't want to listen to the word. They're too tired to listen to the word. On Sunday morning, we got, you know, people all over here. But on Wednesday night, I'm very tired. I mean, I'm not putting anything against anyone. This is a busy society. But if it's important to you, you do something about it. Look, I'm telling you, we are missing out a lot. You see, we only have maybe the wrong crowd. But for those of us, it's important. You, your life is compared to eternity. <laughs> eternity is long. Eternity is long. If we can fully understand what this means, what you do here is going to determine your position when you get there, and you can never change it. You can't change it. If you are a doorkeeper, when you get there, that's what you are going to be for eternity. And you like it and enjoy it. You are a doorkeeper. It's what you do here. Let me say it this way. You know, I, I figured that these two sons of thunder, you remember them? James and John. They understood some things that most people didn't. You see, the disciples were busy thinking about who is going to be greatest. 
for some reason, these guys have figured out that if he sits in the kingdom, somebody's got to be sitting next to him. That's the place of power. And the other place, these two brothers say, listen, let's call our mother. He'll listen to our mother. We got, we got to sit right here and, and right here. Place of power and authority. Jesus was shocked how they found this revelation. Who told them that people would be sitting by Jesus? Nobody. I don't know how they figured that out. But Jesus said, yeah, but I can give you that. The Father is the one. But they knew about it without Jesus preaching about it. These guys were sons of thunder. They were tough guys. My point is, what you do here is going to determine where you sit. When you get up there. And the only thing that gets reward is what you do in faith. Every other thing is burnt up. Only what you do believing, that's what's going to remain. I'm really digressing here. need to get back to this. The fundamentals, some of the things, the elements that we need to know. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So we know it's through the word of God. The more of God's word you know, it's easier to believe. You won't even realize that you are building faith as you get to know more of the word of God. It comes with it. Every time you know and understand the word of God, faith comes in as well as the word comes in. That's the principle here. This is an element of the word, or, I mean the law of faith. Another element is that faith itself works through love. Faith works through love. Galatians 5 tells us, verse 6 says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Avails anything but faith that works through love. So you, if you don't have love, it's impossible to really have faith. I mean genuine faith to God. Because faith only operates through love. God is a God of faith. But guess who he is? God is love. God operates through faith. And faith operates through love. So I've got to have love. You can't have bitterness in your heart, anger, and all of that stuff. We sit and like let us have, well, this person did this to you, so you want to keep it. Well, guess what you're doing? You're strangling your faith. That's all you're doing. That's why Jesus said to forgive. That's the key principle here, to release your faith. Because as long as you are operating in bitterness and fear and all of that inside of you and hate, you can't really operate in faith that God will endorse. So you're held in one place because you allow this thing to strangle your faith. You remember the seed that fell among thorns? You know what that was? All the things that came in and, you know, choked the seed so it didn't bear fruit. Well, it didn't bear fruit because there was no faith. Faith is what operates in the kingdom. That's the only way the kingdom operates. Only through faith. Another aspect is grace. 
That's part of faith. You can't get anything without grace. Grace, that's what it is. If anything happens to you, it's because you obtained grace. That's the only way things happen. But grace itself comes by faith. No faith, no grace. No grace, you suffer disgrace. It tells us in the scriptures, For by grace are you saved, how? Through faith. So if there is no faith, you can have grace. Everything you receive from God is because of the grace of God. Because of the grace of God. I believe this is Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. So can you check that for me? Second Corinthians chapter 4. No, no, sorry. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 16, I believe. It talks about coming boldly. Hebrews, I believe. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 16, right? Yeah. It says, come boldly before what? Let us therefore come boldly before what? God's throne is called what? The throne of grace. That you may obtain mercy. And find what? Grace. If you have need, what you need is grace. You come to God's throne where you are going to receive help from God. That throne is called the throne of grace. If anything happens to you, if anything changes in your life, it's got to be by God's grace. If there is any beauty to your life, after a lot of evil stuff, it's got to be through grace. Only through grace. But that grace will never come to you without faith. More faith, more grace. More word. See how the principles work? More word, more faith, more faith, more grace. Less word, less faith, less grace. And then you suffer disgrace. Because the enemy is after you to destroy you. You know, I shared here on Saturday, when you are in the womb, you, Satan has already made you his enemy. It's a lifetime enemy for him. Until you die, the fight starts. From the time of conception, he's fighting you. And every step you take, he's fighting you. Especially the war becomes or the fight becomes greater after you receive Jesus into your life. Because now he's lost you, but he's going to make life miserable for you. So you have to nothing, do nothing for God until you go home. He can't bring you back to himself unless you're willing to come back. But he's going to make life miserable for you. That's what we call oppression. Oppression from Satan. So no grace, no faith, no, faith, no grace. It says this, for by grace you have been saved through what? Through faith. 
saved sozo from everything. Spiritual oppression, financial oppression, everything. Saved. Saved means saved from everything. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You're saved by faith. And he says, and that, not of yourself. What does that mean, that? Can I hear somebody say? He says, and that, not of yourself, right? For by grace are you, you have been saved through faith. And that, not of yourself. What is he talking about? Is it the grace or the faith? Which of them? Well, both of them. Both of them. Because you can't have one without the other. You got to have faith. For by faith are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. <coughs> this is there's a reason why I'm telling you this, okay? It's so important. Thank you. Some of us have wondered whether we have faith or not, right? Because they're preaching about faith. Well, let me tell you this. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Right? So if you have been saved, guess what? You got faith. How much faith does God need? Grain of mustard seed. You got faith. There's another element that's missing. So I got to know the elements of faith, right? You already have faith. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And you cannot be saved without faith. He tells you it is the gift of God, right? The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. You have faith. You have. You have faith. It's when you demonstrate the faith that you have, that you, people will see you have great faith. You already have faith. You couldn't be saved without faith. For by grace are you saved, so the grace of God is upon your life. That's God's unmerited favor. It's already on your life. You don't have to pray about it. The favor is upon your life. For by grace are you saved through faith. The meaning of the word, we have all kinds of words, God's unmerited favor, and theologians will tell you the different meanings of it, but it's basically God treating you as if you have never sinned. It's like you have never done anything wrong in your life. That's what it means. It's called grace. Grace, grace, grace of God. That's the grace of God. But we only come into that grace through faith. And Paul tells us, we stand by faith. The grace of God, by grace. Grace is how we stand in the kingdom of God. But that grace comes through faith. And it's only by the grace of God. And Paul said, I am who I am by what? By the grace of God. The grace of God made me. Excuse me. That's what he was saying. The grace of God is what made Paul. And that same grace is available to us. The grace of God that made Paul. Let me read this. <clears throat> Romans chapter 4. It says, therefore it is of what? Of faith. See how important faith is? That it might be according to what? Grace. 
It's got to be according to grace. <clears throat> but it's by faith. It is of faith that it might be according to grace. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Every one of us. Grace makes it sure for us. Every one of us. All of the seed. How many seeds of God we have here tonight? That, that by grace. By faith. It is of faith. So it is of the law of faith that it might be grace. According to grace. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of all, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, in the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did. So basically, God speaks of things. You know, one of the things that, well, that Christians have is, I'm not going to lie. I'll just tell it as it is. Well, not when you're saying what God said. That's not a lie. Who determines whether you, who punishes you when you get to heaven for a lie? Is it not God? Why would God punish you for saying what he said? And say, well, you lied. You know you were not feeling that way. Why did you say it? That was a lie. Well, I just said what God said. And the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. Even your feelings are lies. Let God be true and everything else as a lie. So we want to discover the uh, fundamentals of the law of faith. How does this work? The fundamentals of the law of faith. Let me tell you how this works. So we're not in a mystery here. We're not going in a mystery. This is the way I believe it works. It always works this way. First of all, you need to believe it in your heart. You have to believe it in your heart. In believing in your heart means you've heard the word, the good word. You have to believe it in your heart. Secondly, you have to say it with your mouth. Thirdly, you have to act according to what you're saying with your mouth. Those are the three things. The first one we know. And we've been well taught on those, that particular one. We know the first one that if I don't believe, nothing is going to happen. So we tell ourselves, I believe. The pastor says, do you believe? Yes, I believe. But if you are believing and if you truly believe, you will be speaking. I can tell whether you believe in or not when I listen to you. I can tell if you are operating in fear when I listen to you. And if you are operating in fear, I know God's not in it. Because these two kingdoms are opposite each other. Fear operates in the kingdom of darkness. And Satan thrives in the kingdom of fear. Love operates in the kingdom of light. And faith operates and runs everything in the kingdom of God. God does all his stuff in the kingdom of light. Satan operates in the kingdom of darkness. If you are operating in fear, guess what kingdom you are operating in? He sees 
And God cannot do anything about it because you are operating in the principle of the kingdom of darkness. And so whether you are Job or whatever you are, uh, what you are believing and fearing for, that's what's coming to you. And guess what? God cannot stop it. Now I understand why Job said, the things that I feared the most have come to me. And God, Satan was having a discussion with God and God allowed it. For what purpose? But Job himself said it very clearly. The things that I feared the most, that's why there is the spirit of faith, you need to go there, and then there is the spirit of fear. Have you heard that? The spirit of fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. But also, Corinthians, Second Corinthians 4.13, please don't go there yet, uh, tells us very clearly uh, that there is the spirit of faith. And we're going to go back. I need to go through it faster than this, okay? Listen, Romans chapter 10, verse 6. It says, but the righteousness of, God, of faith. So if you have righteousness of faith, what does it do? Speaks. You see, righteousness speaks. Amen. If you're not excited, I am. Righteousness speaks. Righteousness speaks. The righteousness of faith is different from the righteousness of the law. Paul said, of the law, I was blameless. Was he sinless? No. He had the righteousness of the law. But that's not good enough. God says, push that away. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. So if you have the righteousness of faith, you are speaking in a certain way, right? If you say you have the righteousness of faith and you are speaking in a different way, I know and God knows and Satan knows you don't have the righteousness of faith. Let me tell you this. Satan knows when there is, right, when there is faith present and he knows when there is no faith present. Okay? If you wonder how, what about the boy that the, the apostles were trying to cast the demon out of? Satan will not respond, right? Because he knew they had no faith. So God knew they had no faith. And Satan, don't ask me how. Satan knows when there is faith and when there is no faith. And when you are just screaming without faith, maybe out of fear, uh, the devil knows <laughs> there's nothing in here. That's hot hair. There's nothing in here. And he's not going to respond. That's just the way, the, this is the way God is. He's the principle of faith. It's the laws that governing the, the, the kingdoms. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. God doesn't start, go to the other side and the enemy knows not to cross. That's why if we stay with the word, we're free. It says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. Guess what it doesn't say? Don't say in your heart who will ascend into heaven... That is to bring Christ down from above. And so one of us is saying, if Jesus would just appear to me, oh Lord, just show me. It, it just appear. If I see you, I believe. Guess what? You are going against the, the way righteousness of God says, speaks. And God's not going to respond to that. You know, many Christians like to see Jesus on the cross. If I can only see, 
Well, he's no longer on the cross. He's no longer there. We have to fully understand. It doesn't speak that way. We're not going to bring him back again from the dead. He says, that's not the way faith operates. So I got to know how righteous, the righteousness of faith speaks. What way it speaks. So I can position myself. That's what Jesus said. When they understand themselves, then they'll turn and I should heal them. Remember Jesus said that? I should heal them. It tells us they have ears, but they can hear. They, 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 they have eyes, they can see. It says, their eyes, they've closed, their heart, they've hardened, so they don't understand, lest they should understand, and turn, and I should heal them. So, when you believe and you walk according to the righteousness of faith, God will respond every time, because He cannot deny Himself. God cannot overlook faith. Not real faith. He just cannot overlook it. Then the other part is who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ down uh, up from the dead. He's no longer dead. He's risen. He's, he's with the Father. And he's not going to come down so you can see him uh, like uh, Thomas. Uh, let me put my finger, right? <laughs> Jesus said, oh Thomas, I pray that those after you, this is my own interpretation, they don't operate like you because you got a problem, Thomas. Blessed are those who believe. Okay? <laughs> Without sin. We don't do that. The righteousness of faith will not do this. Jesus didn't approve of this. So that's what Paul is telling us here. Then he tells us. But what does it say? Verse 8. Guess what it is? The righteousness of faith is a word. The righteousness of faith. The word is near you. And in your heart and in your mouth. So you believe with your heart. Otherwise, there's no reason for God to tell us this. He would have just said the righteousness of faith is in your heart, right? And then stop there. No, the righteousness of faith is in your heart and in your mouth. Why is it in your mouth? For you to, hmm, it's in my mouth. Miss brother, I got it in my mouth now. What you got in your mouth? He's the word. He was there, placed there for you to speak it. That's what is missing. You got to say it. You got to believe it first in your heart and say it what you believe. You believe because you can't see it. It doesn't make sense to the mind. Right? It doesn't seem like anything will happen. But you believe it. God says say it. And if you are afraid to say it, you don't believe it. You're lying to yourself. If you are afraid to say, I am healed by his stripes, you don't believe it. Because as soon as you speak it, because your heart doesn't agree with your mouth, you feel that condemnation. You know you really don't believe that. Am I alone? All of us feel that. Yes. But once you keep with the word and you stay with the word over and over again, you go back to that word where you are struggling. You know, if you exercise your muscles, he'll grow stronger, right? You keep going back to the word and you keep speaking the word and asking God, just like that man, 
I believe God, help my own belief. You stay with the word. Before long, one day you stand up and now you are a giant. I believe. And God says, I know. And Satan says, we know you do. Amen. That's the process. This is the process. You believe with your heart. That's what it says here. The word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So the word of faith is what brings faith into your heart. That's the word we are preaching. And how does it work? It's in your heart as we preach it and in your mouth. Not in your heart for you to say, I've got Jesus in my heart. And you're not saying anything for you to speak what you're hearing. For you to speak it. This is the element that's missing in the faith. Because Satan is calling this word, oh, the word of faith people. They are always making confession and he's making fun of it so that you will never do it until you never receive anything from God. That's what he's doing. He knows what the word says, but he twists the word so that the children of God was, I don't want that. That's what he did with the woman at the garden, right? Deceiving her so she won't do what God said to do. And she did what God said not to do. And that's the same trick he's using labor leads. You know, today in America, if you say homosexuality is wrong, then they call you a hater. So Christians are even afraid to say that. That's what the devil does. So he makes you hate the world and you won't say the truth anymore. And then you're trapped. But the world says to speak. And you speak boldly. That's what it says. Come to the throne of grace boldly, right? Is the word of faith which we preach. And then it tells you that if you, conditional, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, guess what, what goes before the other one? First, confess with your mouth. That's important. That's the first thing to do. He says, if you confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. Not may, will be. We like to, we like to, you know, we like to make people, and then yes, it's important to repent. But after the, I've seen people, they cry in their repentance. They cry and they say, oh, he's really repenting. As soon as he gets out to this place, he's right back. There was no true repentance. That's happened, right? They cry and, and they're back in the same thing. But you can see a man who truly believes. And he says, I believe it. And receive by faith, right? That's what he says to do. He didn't say to cry. I'm not saying not to cry. Maybe that will help us feel better as humans, right? But if you believe, turn your way, right? And confess. I confess with my mouth. I believe that Jesus is the Lord. And he changed your life. You can't do it by yourself. He has to do it. He has to do it. And until you follow what he says, God is not obligated to help you. He's, he can deny himself just to make you happy. You got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. That's why pastors tell the congregation, oh, you all repeat after me, right? Guess what they're doing? They're trying to get you to confess with your mouth. Because somehow they believe if you say it with your mouth, He's going to get your heart hooked and your life is going to change. And if you really believe it and you repeat the words that the pastor said to repeat, 
and you're believing it in your heart, some miracle takes place and you are transformed. What are they doing? They're trying to obey the scripture. The word of faith. That's all they're doing. That's the principle behind that. But you can take the same principle in every area of the word of God. You go to that area where you're struggling. If you are struggling with fear, go to the scriptures that say, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And you stay with those scriptures and begin to repeat them. Guess what? Fear is going to say, I'm going to divorce you. You've been a real problem to me these days. You keep saying those words, and I'm going to leave you alone. And you say, that's exactly what I want. You can leave, please. Amen? Let me read this final scripture, okay? Second Corinthians. No, truly, this is the last scripture we're in there. <laughs> okay? It says, Second Corinthians 4.13. Kathy, help me. It says, and since we have the same spirit of faith as it is written. Second Corinthians 4.13. Since we have, how many have the spirit of faith? If you are born again, you already have that spirit of faith. Don't go look for any spirit of faith. You got it. But notice what it says. Since, what does that word mean? We. Is that not talking about all of us? Don't we all have it? We all have it. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written. In other words, God has already declared this. That we, say with me, I have the same spirit of faith that Paul had. And that's incredible. We have the same spirit of faith. Paul is the one writing it. He didn't exclude himself. He says we, right? Yeah. I still have the same spirit of faith that Paul has. We have the same spirit of faith as it is written. I believed. And therefore, I what? I spoke. So if you are not speaking, we know where you are in unbelief. If you're speaking it, you believe it. Basically, if you're not speaking at all, you are not acting on the word. It's wanting to just act. But let's sit and hear you say, because the whole world was created through faith, right? Through words, right? Let's sit and hear you say what you believe. And then show him by your actions. Amen? Show him by your actions that you have no fear anymore. And I was talking to a lady, in, uh, uh, some people in my office today, and I've said this here before. In those days, uh, long when I was being really oppressed by demons, uh, if, so, if I'm in a room and all of a sudden the bottle moved, I will run from that room to the next room, and I'm not going back in that room. And if you make me go back, I will take anointing oil, and put the anointing oil all over the place. And sit and he's saying, just pour the, the whole gallon in here. <laughs> because he knows, guess what you are operating out of? Fear. And he knows it. 
And God doesn't operate in fear. So you can anoint the door, anoint everything, and Satan is coming back. But today, by the grace of God, if he moves the bottle, I will say, is that all you can do? Let me show you how it's done. And I'm going to carry that bottle and swing it, throw it, and say, hey, can you do this? <laughs> and he knows this guy doesn't care what I do. I have no fear. He says, it's not fun in this place. I'm going somewhere else. Amen? Because you are not operating in fear. We also believe, and therefore we what? We speak. We got to speak the word. This is what's missing in the body of Christ. Because the word I've said, is, the name is grab it and whatever they say. But it's the word of God. Let God be true and every man a liar. So you live here, whatever that thing that's bugging your heart, go and find the scripture, that's your sword, and begin to fight with your words. Amen? Stand up with me tonight. Time. Oh my gosh. I kept you all around. <laughs> really late. Can you all forgive me? Remember, if you don't forgive, you won't have faith, okay? <laughs> I can swing that on you. So totally forgive me from the heart so that faith will begin to blossom in your heart, right? <laughs> Father, we just want to thank you tonight. Thank you for your word that cannot return to you void. God, we ask for grace from heaven tonight that we will practice, that we will not be forgetful hearers, but that as soon as we leave this place, we will start practicing your word, start doing what the word says, because that is exactly what pleases you. Help us, O oh God, to draw closer to you and to do according to your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Please greet one another, and we'll continue with this.